How's it going, everyone? And welcome back to another episode of Buddy's House of Horror Podcast. This is going to be the ongoing series that me and the man of many, many names, Miles the Midnight Jester Mandroid, um, we're going to be talking about our underrated films. On the last episode of the show, we obviously did his films, but this week it's my turn. So we're going to be reviewing Oculus and Popcorn. And yeah, I can't wait to go ahead and get started with you guys. So without further ado, make sure you guys subscribe to the show spread the good word about the show to everyone you know leave me a rating review if you're watching this on youtube give it a thumbs up and yeah we're just gonna get right to it so here are my underrated films oculus and popcorn All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of the show again we're talking about our underrated films uh, and today we got a couple good ones for you. We're going to start with my picks. Um, last week, obviously, we did Midnight Miles's. Um, so what's going on, Kat? How you How you been? Not too bad. Trying to, you know, we're trying to get these podcasts, uh, get them in, you know. The, the month is, uh, is, I guess, underway at this point, since this won't be the first podcast. Uh, I'm going to apologize in advance. I did your, I did your, uh, your... Well, let's see, I guess the Two Nerds was the first podcast, right? Technically before this one? or Right, yeah. Okay. Two Nerds, uh, it's going on four years. This one just started last year, okay, technically. That's what I thought. Yeah. So, all right. So, you're, this is the offspring of Two Nerds. Right, yeah. Okay. Well, your OG podcast, I was recently on that, and I apologize to anyone that listened to that because I don't think I was worth a damn. So, I'm not <laughs> sure if that's going to be out before this episode, but... If you want to hear Midnight Miles in rare form, I think a few other people randomly spoke on there, you know. I mean, you don't know who we... We don't even know who came through and talked during that one. Yeah, it was interesting. That Two Nerds, a podcast on the short film ones, I highly recommend checking that out if you want to have a, a fun yeah. time. Ironically, Midnight Miles, around midnight, he he's in his, his true form, so... It's true. Where do you think I got the name from? They've yeah. never heard it on here before, but... yeah. We'll see. Maybe maybe for my my final picks uh, at the end of the month around Halloween, we'll yeah. uh, maybe I'll get a little loose. We'll really liven this place up, you know. Yeah. So yeah, as I said, we're talking about underrated films. Last week we were talking about the Innkeepers and Oculus. Um, and by the way, we do have a special guest in the in the studio with us today. You want to introduce your friend real fast? Yeah, I brought Midnight Mocha. Uh, <laughs> Midnight Mocha's here. Mocha's my dog. He's kind of a butthead. He's, he's sniffing around right now looking for any crumb speck of anything he can just shove in his mouth. But uh, Midnight Mocha is actually a Halloween baby. He actually oh, yeah? probably come out around his birth. Well, it's a little before Halloween, but October. Yeah, October 20th is his birthday. So it's very fitting I would get a dog that was yeah. born in, in October. That's yeah, perfect timing, yeah. He's... He's obviously very happy about the season, and hopefully he enjoys some of the films that we're going to be watching tonight. He's about to get spooked out for this next one. Um, before we get into Oculus, um, can we go back to Innkeepers just for a second? Because I feel like both of us, when we were talking about it, we were a little underprepared, and I actually found the notes that I was taking during Innkeepers. We can go back so, to so, anything you want. This is your show. So, I, Hey, look, before we say that, I wasn't underprepared. I brought those deep stories. <laughs> I actually you remembered did. You some actually of the articles. Did. I did, so don't throw me under the yeah. bus. I just wanted to say a couple of my notes real fast of things that I liked about Innkeepers. 
Um, it was very interesting how the opening credits, even, like, right from the beginning, it sort of introduced so-and-so as this character. Like, it didn't just say, like, the names. It was, like, I forget what the characters' names were off the top of my head. Yeah, but no, it, did, it yeah. like, introduced everyone, like, as their role, which I thought was interesting. <laughs> Midnight Mocha's... Midnight Mocha's fucking pitting because he loves innkeepers. Yeah. Um, and I also like that it was, like, broken into chapters. It is. We didn't, we didn't, we didn't mention that. that. Yeah. yeah, we did. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the rest of the stuff is just, like, r- random notes I took, but I thought that those things were, like, interesting that we didn't touch upon last week. Um, I also wrote, worst hair of all time keeps getting higher. I think I was, like, referring oh, to the to the, the guy. The, the lead guy, yeah. He, uh, what was another film that he was in that he was phenomenal in? One, one it came, I think 2015, was it, he was in the one that it was like up in, I'm going to have to look, I never put my phone out during the podcast, some of you ever noticed that, but I'm going to look, I think, what's that guy's name, Pat Healy or whatever, uh, I'm not sure what his name is, I'm gonna sure we letter, can, I'll give him a letterbox real quick, Shout yeah, Pat, Pat Healy, I'm on IMDB right now. Um, all filmography. Oh, he's been in a ton of shit. Oh, yeah, 113 done, films. Yeah, he's done a ton of stuff. Um, I guess while you're looking that up, a couple other things I thought were interesting about Innkeepers. Not necessarily the film itself, but the DVD. I remember it said, the DVD, it told you, like, in the menu, make sure the volume is loud. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or maybe it said, maybe it was one of the title cards or something. I but think it, it was, It yeah. said... Make sure your volume's loud. That might have been, like, right before the climax or whatever, but... Cheap Thrills was the film he was in. Did you ever see Cheap Thrills? I haven't seen it, it no. phenomenal. Phenomenal. That was 2013. When did I get... When did we get so old? Yeah, I don't know. That's crazy. It's actually got Sarah Paxson in it, too. Oh, he was really? Actually, he's yeah. Like, yeah, so they've done a They've done, they've done a few things together. together. Um, and, yeah, I just like that it romanticized being a loser. Um, we touched yeah. on that a little oh, bit, yeah. but, yeah, um... Yeah, I mean, I thought it was a solid flick, and then I also wrote down in quotes, my eyes feel like Tapatio, <laughs> which was a quote from it, I guess. I guess the guy said that, like the hot sauce. Oh, oh yeah, I know what Tapatio is. I've, I'm trying to remember when he uh, when he said that. Yeah. I don't know. I like that. I think it's one of those ones that, like, it would probably pair perfect with Oculus. Thing, man. Probably would pair that. perfect with Oculus, yeah. So if you haven't seen either of these films... Um, tonight would be the night to do that. Watch along with us. Um, so Oculus, um, I don't know how much we want to go too deep into before we watch it, but basically it's sort of like a supernatural slash psychological horror film, uh, from 2013. Mike Flanagan. Mike Flanagan co-wrote, edited, and directed the film. So he really had his hand in pretty much everything. One thing that I didn't know um was that this was actually based off of like a short film that he made i actually did know that it would did, yeah. i think i think when they was it when they started doing like the uh started promoting it a lot of the promotional stuff for it didn't they release the short film as like a teaser like beyond the trailer too i don't know because i didn't um i hadn't heard about the short film until i was like researching this i mean they might have um but i hadn't heard of it I um, thought his first, I thought both of his first two features, which I told, I mentioned I think on the other podcast to see Absentia, his first, yeah. his first one, I think both of them were shorts before they were features. 
Probably, yeah. I mean, so. it's the same situation with, like, Lights Out or whatever yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Um, but another thing that I found interesting was that he was actually approached by studios, like, almost immediately after the short film premiered in 2005. So, like, around 06, they wanted him to make Oculus then, but they wanted it to be, like, found footage, and he was like, nah, I'm not on that. But I just thought that was interesting, because that would have, like, even predated, like, Paranormal Activity and everything. He could have been... So, that... He could have yeah. done a real well. Yeah. I mean, he's had... He's had... I know we're not going to get too into it, but he's had credit, quite an interesting career all the way up until, you know, doing Doctor Sleep recently and everything yeah. like that, but... But yeah, so I just thought that was interesting. Like it could have, his career could have been drastically different if he would have done that oh, yeah. in two thousand six. But it's funny I that don't he know. turned studios down and was still able. I always love when people do that. Like they turn studios down, probably a guaranteed good amount of money, possibly jumpstarting your career about five years before it really did. Really right. went into full swing, and then he was still able to have a good career. Because a lot of people, right. when you say no, Hollywood, say no like that. You bet that's it, you're, yeah. You're done, man. You know, I mean, and it's funny that he didn't do, now that you said that he didn't do Oculus first. Yeah. The whole other feature before Oculus. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I haven't seen it in a couple of years. I really love the film. Um, from what I remember, I'm sure I'm still going to love it. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I think I ranked it, like, three or four in, like, my top... 10 like favorite modern horror films so it was definitely in the top my top 10 the year it came out of like all my films that i liked that year whichever year it came out like, i remember it being, yeah like i was like really impressed by it um but yeah i mean i guess if you don't have anything else to say we can dive right into watching it unless you have anything else you well, want to uh, you excited we'll to watch it man i mean i i am excited to watch it because like i said it's i probably haven't seen this since it was in theaters. I think I saw it maybe twice in theaters, but I haven't seen it. Oh, let, I'm going to look in the back of the, the DVD real quick, see what year it's going to fucking... Ooh, 2014. Where are all these years going? Yeah, 2014. Uh, I think it premiered in 2013 at like, uh, like film festivals and stuff, and then it came out in 2014. Um, to pretty good reviews, I mean, I guess. I mean, I didn't see it until it was on... That DVD, actually. I got that DVD, like, that year or whatever. You didn't see it in theaters? I didn't see it in theaters, no. I hadn't heard about it. Um, I was, I remember, I think it was, like, it was one of those, like, opening weekends. But, you know, um, before all of the pandemic and everything, I'm right. a pretty big opening, opening yeah. weekend guy. Right. Usually I'm there. But, uh, yeah, I loved it. I thought it was, I thought it was great. But, cool. Well, we'll see if we, we still think it's great. So we're gonna, we're gonna watch it right now and we'll, we'll get back to you. So. We're signing off. Watch with us. All right, so we literally just watched the film, man. Uh, <laughs> we just finished Oculus. Uh, it's been a quiet few minutes. <laughs> we, let, we let the credits roll. We just, I, just sat here in, in silence for I'm a little a bit. I for, for the credits rolling, though, honestly. I, it's just like when I go to the cinemas, usually the last one out. So yeah. I watch it all. But I don't know, I will, I'll let you take the lead on this one. Yeah, I mean, I feel like when we watched Undead, I I sort of took the lead of the conversation. Just so, ripped the film to Yeah, shreds, so, you know? so I'll, I'll let you have the floor first on this one here. I thought, uh, on a, I guess a first note, I thought the film held up amazingly well. I thought it was really, really just all around. The acting was good. Like, the characters were all good. I thought the dialogue, there wasn't anything cringy. There wasn't anything, like, 
you go back and watch a film, you're like, oh, maybe I don't remember this being like this bad or like this right. bad or things like that. It didn't feel even being six years old. Sometimes things I hate to use the word dated. We like to use that, but I felt that you know I felt brand new almost for me to watch again. It felt like very like a modern, especially with like the whole psychological thriller kind of aspect to the whole like mental health thing. You know, they did a lot about him. You know, the main character, the what was the boy's name? Tim. Tim. Yeah. Yeah, they kept calling him Timbo. I'm bouncing yeah. around a little bit now. We've been doing these. We've been doing these podcasts a little bit late. Like yeah. the, when we get done, and I'm just like, okay, here we go. My brain's gonna bounce around everywhere. Yeah. But really good tension. Some scenes. Uh, made me uncomfortable in some scenes. I guess you know. I I think the he does a really good job of writing really realistic characters where if you took the supernatural elements out of this film, it could just be a very dark and twisted film about mental health and stuff right. like that. And it's like something that if you just edited out all those scenes like with the supernatural stuff, it could be a very terrifying, close-to-home, right. scary film about a family that literally is like falling apart at the seams, and it's just... It's very believable, you know? Yeah. So kind of, it's not, he does a very good job, like, I guess I like my stuff a little bit more, uh, not fantasized, but a little bit more not realistic. So when you get stuff that has a little bit of realism, could be realistic, it really hits me, you know? I'm not not a very big, Midnight Miles isn't a very big fan of, like, serial killer shit or all that stuff. I know all those I know women love that shit. Netflix has 18,000 different documentaries a week on it, but I'm about the monsters, the creepy yeah. crawlies, the ghosts, the demons, the spirit, the werewolves, the vampires. I like that stuff. I like mocking death, laughing at death. I like uh, st- stuff like that, but when stuff that has like enough of like a backbone or a vein of realism this isn't a feel-good picture. It's really not. <laughs> no. There's a lot of... You know what? It's it's a thing to remember. There's a lot of on-screen violence towards children in this. Yeah. And it's like something that I watched it the first time in theaters. I think I was so drawn into the story and how good everything was. I didn't... Maybe I thought about it, but it like I didn't resonate... I don't know if it resonated in the way it did this time, where I'm like, fuck, there's at least like seven, eight scenes where kids are getting, like, choked to death and stuff, like, close-ups, and I'm just like... Yeah. Fuck, man, like... <laughs> of course, you're a little older now, and you're like, I don't know, like... Maybe too, maybe that, too, I guess. it. But I've always been one where... I think as I've gotten older, the stuff that's a little bit more realistic or has, like, like I said, a vein of realism bothers me more. Um, but it's always kind of bothered me. I'm definitely more of a, you know... Yeah, I like it, my stuff a little bit out there because it's a little bit mocking death, laughing at death. I can laugh at death. I can da- laugh at my mortality. Stuff like this is like <laughs> fucks me, man. But anyway, yeah. I'll say some more. You, you, you yeah. I think, I think, I think you kind of really hit the nail on the head with a lot of the stuff that you said. Um, one, I think the thing that makes the film really work like you said, is the characters. And this is the way I felt when I first watched the film. The thing that's so great about it is that you have two of the leads that are polar opposites where 
the 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 guy Tim or whatever he has spent the last 10 11 years of his life being drilled into his head that this did not happen and all this stuff where you had the complete opposite end of the spectrum where you had the sister who was obsessing over it for the past 11 yeah, years fixated on I mean literally fixated where she planned an entire scenario yeah and somehow got this mirror back probably in all actuality the only reason she's with she's this guy with that guy is for this purpose or he just kind of was like oh my boss is kind of cute i'll get married to him but the reason i guarantee she started probably the whole career field that she did right it's a track to down find a way to get to this mirror yeah. So yeah, I think that really is what makes it work because you have them going at each other the whole time, and you don't know which one is. I mean, because even it leaves it sort of ambiguous. Like you don't really know. It does a very good job. Of that. Um, like he does with a lot of his films. I mean, it it definitely because I haven't seen this since I watched Hill House. Mm-hmm. So I definitely see a lot of the the stuff that he carried over from that into this. Right. Um. And of That's course, a great show, by the way. yeah. And uh, also, before I wake, I don't know if you've seen before I, I wake. Saw before I wake. Um, yeah. Before I wake, not as good as this, but it had a very like similar vibe where it's the the family trauma and all that kind of it's stuff. Little, it'd be like it's like uh, yeah. you know, the PG thirteen right version yeah. of this. It's a little more simplistic story too, which it's not. It's not bad. It's got a little more fantasy aspect. If right. I remember right. Before yeah, because the the canker man and all that, yeah, and then you yeah. you get the twist at the end, but. Um, but yeah, I thought I thought it was very well done. Um, I definitely thought I didn't remember how depressing it actually was yeah, for a lot of it. It's, um, it's pretty. It's kind of rough. I mean, rough and uh, it's pretty bleak. Not bleak's a harsh word for it, but I guess not. I mean, it's pretty bleak. There's not yeah. a lot. There's not a lot of hope or optimism in this film. Yeah. Um, there were a couple one-liners every once in a while, more towards the beginning. But yeah, I did not remember it being as dark as it was. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely not one where at the end you're super stoked about life <laughs> or anything. No, I mean, do we spoil? Do we spoil anything? I mean, sure. I mean, during the during the break, everyone had the chance to watch the okay, film along with us. Well, so. I mean, the dude just gets out of basically being rehabilitated no has no idea about i mean i'm sure books magazines internet but no real real world experience he's been you know institutionalized essentially for the pet for the all since he was 10 his whole teen his whole you know all he's 21 now he just turned 21 gets to see his sister again Within two hours of seeing his sister, she brings up this freaking mirror. He can't even enjoy his sandwich <laughs> at lunch yeah. without being fucked back into the real world and like literally having his being like his mind starting to unravel because he, he literally doesn't even have one day to get to be a normal person. And then flash forward to the end, he accidentally kills his sister. Spoiler alert, fuck you if you didn't watch it. But uh <laughs> And then he gets arrested again, and yeah. now he's probably going to be in in jail for the rest of his life. Now let's let's talk about this for a sec, though. We're we're bouncing around. I'm probably going to bounce that's fine. around a lot. That's fine. Okay, so it's very convenient that they watched the last minute of all of that footage. So what yeah. are they going to do when they watch the whole you know twelve hours of that footage? 
Right. Obviously, something is going amiss. on. Yeah. Like it's not. Oh, why are these people putting all these cameras together and having these conversations? And why are these yeah. things moving? And why are they? You know. Right. I mean, obviously, they need to arrest him, but it the way the film ends, it kind of wraps up like that. It's a done deal. I guess because, you know, whatever, that's how they, that's the cleanest way, I'll use that for lack of a better term, to get it done. But, come on. Some investigator's going to watch all those hours of footage and be like, what the hell actually happened in this place? Yeah, I mean, and who knows, because, I mean, they could just cover it up because they don't want the mirror to get back out. Like, they don't, because the other cases were, like, reported and stuff, like, all the stuff she, like, went over... I mean, who knows? They could swipe it under the rug, or I mean, we don't know what could happen after that. I mean, because definitely, yeah, if you're gonna watch all that footage, then you're gonna see something's like fucked up. Um, so I don't know. I mean, that's where the film ends. So I don't re- really want to say it's like a plot hole or anything. It's not a plot but, like, hole. It's one of those things. Like I guess, like the story was so good. It's one of those things that it's a great ending. But at the same time, I just think because they recorded everything, the right the little part of me goes like. Really? Are they really going to put him away forever? But the thing is, she. this was probably, of all those cases that she mentions, she has a whole scene in the middle of the film where she goes into extreme backstory. But I'll give him credit. One of the smartest ways to present a backstory. Right. She did the, she did the you know, all her digging and searching, and she wanted it documented for the tape right. that she was doing. It's, it was, in, it's, it it's, it's integrated into the story. It's not like, oh, well, we need to show you the backstory or we're going to do a billion flashbacks or whatever. Yeah. It's like, it serves the purposes of the film because she's going over all this for, like, the documentation. And that's so. very smart. The writing and everything and the way he puts everything together is very smart. You had touched on how there are parts where you don't know. If there's, like, probably, like, 20 to 30 minutes. Probably, I'd say 20 would was is where it is like where he is basically convincing her that there is no supernatural thing and it actually is working because none of her things that she's doing are actually working right so there's some good things where you don't know like is the dad that it flashes back okay the big thing we haven't talked about flashes back from what actually happened to the present day so the timelines are constantly changing as the film is going like it'll be 10 years back it'll be present day you know right and sometimes it's like interwoven together as it as it gets yeah. to the end yeah they're you know you don't really they think they're either kids or they're adults are they in the same rooms it, it starts to just right. be everywhere you know you don't know what's a flashback what's present and what's real you know which kind of puts the puts you through the character's eyes because they, yeah. no, they have no idea Right. So yeah. that's kind of that's another smart, you know, storytelling towards the climax. But I see you're getting distracted by Midnight Mocha over there. He's getting yeah. Mocha and Mocha enjoyed the film quite a bit. He saw... stayed right there. You know, was was ready for it. Didn't yeah. hide his face or anything. You know. Uh, what else you got to touch on? Um, I don't. I mean, everything. I mean. We've been talking about the story and all that. I mean, obviously, the direction, cinematography, all of that's top-notch. Um, no complaints there. Um, I'm not sure if the main um, actor guy has, like, gone on to do anything significant after this. I know the girl has been in, like, all, like, the Marvel movies and stuff, yeah. so she's been, like, killing it. 
But I don't really he, know what he's he been up to. Did, he did one of those, like, young adult novel films, and I think he did a couple other bigger films. I think around the same time, he had, like, a handful of years where he did a bunch of stuff. Oh, really? Which is kind of like that weird thing you get, like, you get a lot of those actors where they add in, like, they're, like, late teens to, like, early 20s, and they quit acting by the time they're, like, mid-20s. Oh, really? I've noticed that. Yeah. I've noticed that over the last 10 years. There'll be a, yeah. people that do, like, a bunch, maybe, like, half a dozen films, theatrical stuff, and then overnight they're just... It's like, whatever, I made my money, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna I chill. I don't know if it's... I don't know if it's the whole, like, youth, where there's a constant flux, they want younger, newer talent. No, that's possible, and yeah. some people just don't have what it takes to... Adapt, get some of the and, older yeah. roles, and, you know, once they get to older and stuff like that. Uh, your wife's sitting over there, even though she's very, she's very quiet. Yeah. But, uh, a lot of the Twilight actors and stuff, they, you know, did a handful of roles for, like, five or so years after that, and then besides, uh... Robert Pattinson. Besides Robert Pattinson, you know, and she just blushed over there when he said his name. But, uh... <laughs> I think we all blushed a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I did. My, <laughs> You know, I can't say what I was going to say. We have, you have sponsors now. I can't say what I was... But anyways, I got a little excited, if you know what I mean, when I said his name. But, uh... A legend. But, uh... Besides him... And he basically was started his career over, essentially. He went into worked with, like, you know, indie directors. And just right, slowly... Yeah. And, well, his stuff with David Cronenberg was just phenomenal. But... Uh, a lot of them just worked a handful of years, and that was it. You know, they kind of just fell off the face of the planet. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's the way to go, right? Do like 10 I guess, films, yeah. make a bunch of money, and, and then go... Peace out, yeah. Peace out, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know what else to say. The, the, um, the child, the children actors I thought were phenomenal. Oh, yeah, they're good. Super, yeah. super, like... Uh, child actors are so hit or miss, even when people praise them to me. Like, I really... But they were phenomenal. I thought both of them still... Like, I remember that watching the first time. I'm like, God, like... They really killed it. Everyone really killed in this, you know. Everyone was like really believable in the role, but the the young actors, like actor and actresses, like they did a really good job in this. Yeah, um, I will say the film is very, very like informationally and like talk driven. I guess like dialogue heavy. It is very. Um, so like heavy. it's not like the most like exciting film in the world. Um, I mean, once it gets going, like towards the end, and like all the creepy stuff starts happening and whatnot. Um, but I don't know if people might find it like slow or something like that. I didn't. I didn't find it slow. I didn't um, find I, it slow at all. Because I like all that kind of stuff. I don't. know, Do you want to chime in at all, illustrious wife, or are you just you just vibing with? I'm just vibing. Just vibing. Okay. We're vibing. Uh, I will say though, even though it is very dialogue heavy, they cut to the chase very quickly. Yeah. They lit as soon as she, I mean within the first fifteen to seventeen minutes, she's like. I have this mirror. I'm going to take it to the house. We're going to do this. So there's not a lot. They're not. They don't fuck around right. a lot. I mean, they're basically for over an hour. Yeah. The thickest stuff. So I think like modern audiences. I don't think they, despite how dialogue heavy is. I yeah. think it keeps everything keeps the story going so much. The flashbacks too, with them going back and explaining yeah. what happens with the family. I think that breaks things up enough where. It's constantly something different, like every five to ten minutes. Yeah, um, I know. When I was reading online, like before this, um, we had mentioned in like the open to the show that they wanted to do it like found footage style, where basically the entire film was just the footage that they get 
from the thing, and he didn't want to do that, um, which I, I guess was like the right call. Uh, I mean, I'm, yeah. I mean, it would be interesting to see something that was all found footage like that, but I think that like the story would have suffered. It would, yeah. No there was no. I don't think that he could have done the depth of that story with found footage. Also, how would you do? You wouldn't be able to do any of the flashbacks or anything. The overlapping scenes where you're not sure if it's the towards the end where it's like the present yeah. or what it is, it wouldn't have it wouldn't have registered in the same way. In yeah. Found footage. Yeah, so it makes sense why he didn't do it the way that the studios wanted him to. Um, I guess in the long run, it worked out. I mean, it would have been good at the time to make a quick buck or whatever, but like, um, I don't know. Ground, I guess, yeah. Yeah. The, that artistic integrity, right? Yeah. And he was like nervous because like it was just a short film or whatever. So like he was kind of nervous to like extend it to a feature length thing. Like he didn't really know what to do with it. Um, so I think like what he came up with, I mean, it, it, oh, it was yeah. really good. I, so I couldn't imagine it, the story that he wrote being any better. I mean, it's still, like I said, it was one of my favorite films the year it came out. And I mean, it's just it's still great. Probably one of the better horror films of the last. Of that decade, you know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, two thousand tens. I mean. Yeah, it was one of my favorites for sure. But again, it's it's on here because it's not one people really talk about as much. So. Well. I don't know. I don't know why they don't. I don't know. Maybe I guess I'm surprised with his career and everything that's happened since uh, that it hasn't been more talked about. But I also feel like he as a director is a little underrated. Oh, Even for sure, he yeah. Gets, he gets praise and stuff like that. He's not a household name at all. And he sh- should be, because honestly, the quality of his work is is there. Like, everything... I've seen almost his whole filmography. I've seen Haunting a Hill House, the series. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. He's a great yeah. writer for, like, I think, you know? I yeah. Mean, yeah, I've liked everything that I've seen of his. I mean, the only one I haven't seen is the one that you brought up. His, his, yeah, yeah. You'll, you'll really like that one, I, I think. You saw Dr. Sleep, right? We saw Dr. Sleep together. That's what I thought. I yeah. thought that was. I was like, we did see that together. I thought I was losing my mind. I, on the way over, I was like, we saw Dr. Sleep together, right? Yeah. That feels, that was only last that was November, November yeah. but it feels like eight lifetimes. Ago. Oh, yeah. It Honestly, feels that, so long that ago. That feels like four years ago. Yeah. The Mirror actually makes an appearance in Dr. Sleep. Um, in the, I think it's in the hotel. It's just like in the background. Like you're not, I mean, it's not significant or anything. It's just in there. He just threw it in as a little in joke. I think it's in a, he, it's in Gerald's game too. It's the actual like bed frame is the frame from the mirror in Gerald's game. Um, and it's in a couple, it's in like Ouija origin of evil, but I haven't seen that one either. Um, but yeah, it's, it's in that one as well. Um, but yeah. I was disappointed that Dr. Sleep, on a side note, didn't do very well theatrically because I really thought that was going to be... He's had some... like Obviously, Ouija did decent, the sequel, but he goes from doing studio stuff to Netflix to almost like indie stuff, and I thought maybe that was going to be his big... Propel him to the next level, to, yeah. Like, yeah. But, I mean, they are doing a follow-up. They're doing the, the Dick Halloran film or whatever, but I don't know if he's oh. just producing... Yeah. Um... I don't know if it's him in, like, the spirit realm or whatever, but yeah. um, I don't know how... The, it might be a prequel to everything. I don't really know. Um, but they are doing that, so I guess Dr. Sleep did well enough where he's getting a sequel, so... I wonder what... Well, it was, like... It did really real review-wise. Like, people yeah. really... I mean, 
I haven't read Doctor Sleep, so I don't know, but it's I thought it was great. Like, I yeah, it was a good film. I mean, I don't know. I mean, from what I've heard, it's very it does very good justice to the source material as well as to the Kubrick film cuz again, I haven't read the book, but I feel like and from what I've read online that both fans of the book and fans of the original film both like it. Yeah. Um so he was able to mesh those together without pissing too many people off. So which again, I mean, he's a fantastic writer and like storyteller. Like the stuff he comes up with is like next level. So yeah, especially for the modern modern era, I really do think that he'll be probably be one of those directors that in like twenty years after he directs another handful of films too, people will probably slowly look back and be like, oh yeah, that guy was yeah, that was really damn good. Yeah, but it's not like because like right now like Ari Aster's like the big thing. He's had like two films and like I feel like everyone knows who he is, but like I still feel like Flanagan. It's not there yet, even though I like Flanagan's body of work significantly better. I agree. Even though I really like Hereditary and Midsummer a lot, but I think it's just I think it's how they marketed him, and I think it's also every a lot of stuff with the horror is all about timing. It's always been that way. Horror yeah. things are released. I mean, stuff like Halloween, things like that, they all released at the same time when things were changing. Like, I think fans all of a sudden, like, when Hereditary came out, they were, like, starting to be like, oh, I can watch a longer horror film again. Right. Or, this is cool, or this is weird. Yeah. I'm in, I'm getting in, I want to get in, like, weirder stuff. So it was, like, gateway stuff for them, you yeah. know? Where, like, yeah. his stuff came out in the middle of, you know, I mean, this came out 2014, they were still finishing up, like, a lot of the stuff from the decades before, maybe not so much in 2014, but some was still dying off, definitely direct-to-video stuff. There was a lot of found footage, a lot of ghosts. Yeah. The remakes were just starting to die. We're pretty yeah. much dead, but they were still doing some stuff. Yeah, it was still a little bit of a dark age, I feel like, that era of cinema, I guess. The 2010s at that? I guess, I guess... Just, like, that mid-period, because, like, I feel like... Once it got closer to like twenty seventeen ish, that's when we started really getting. I would say mainstream horror yeah. got a lot better, but I think we had talked about it on our prior podcast that, and it could be because I haven't been going as hard as I used to. But yeah, indie stuff. I haven't been finding as much stuff. I've really, really been liking. Yeah, but uh, which is strange. I hate to admit that, and I'm probably gonna get yelled at in the comments if anyone yeah. actually if, who, who, who no star reviews the guy? no star reviews that's the hardcore fan um from wisconsin um i was looking at the analytics from the episodes that have been out so far and i also have a following in ireland isn't that where dylan's is yeah i don't know if it's the same people but that would be phenomenal that'd be was. that'd be incredible that would be but great um, uh, but yeah oculus if you guys haven't seen it definitely Go check highly, it out. Highly recommended. Holds up. It's between the other two that we watched. My two picks. Oculus probably holds up the best, but between the, th- the three films that we've watched so far, they're all kind of different breeds. So it's hard. Yeah, to it's hard to compare them because I mean those two were very much horror comedies, but very different yeah, styles of horror, horror comedy. Yeah. Um. This one. Is definitely much more serious um, and that kind of stuff and deals with um, trauma and mental health and all that kind of stuff. So it's definitely a, very strange to compare them. 
Um, and the next film that we're going to be watching um, at the tail end of this show um, is Popcorn, which is a slasher film. So it's definitely going to be different to compare those um, with this. So I feel like we got a good variety with a lot of the stuff we've been My other stuff watching. I picked has some variety too so we're gonna go we'll go to a couple more dark places before this is over yeah um so yeah any uh any last thoughts on oculus and uh, no i uh I've i saw that jared gave it two stars on letterboxd when i was re-rating it just now so i don't know what his deal is but <laughs> i don't know he he doesn't like he doesn't like anything i don't even i don't know man I don't know. They always, I swear to God, I always get reamed for stuff that I watch on there. I'm like, well, you can't say it's bad if you've never even seen it. Or, like, how much of the film were you on your phone where you actually watched it? You know? Like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I re-rated it four stars, so, I mean, I, it, it's I whatever. What did I put it under? Four? Um, I, I didn't see Maybe your... Maybe it was too old. Maybe I didn't go back and rate it, because there's a lot of stuff that I need to go back and rate. I didn't see I your original I... rating... Nine of my friends watched, and you are not one of them. I better go back and do... I even ranked a ton of stuff. So, so. R- Ricky rated it four and a half. So, Ricky Ricky knows what he's talking about in this it's a really, situation. It's at least a four to four and a half. I would agree. It's a really well done, great film. It's... Yeah. Tired me out, I will say that. It made me a little tired. But not because it wasn't good. It's because the material is a little... It's heavy stuff. It's is that yeah? I definitely don't watch this if you're on a first date, yeah. or if you're looking for something fun to watch. Like this is definitely like, I don't know. Well, after maybe don't watch this by yourself either. Yeah. Maybe, maybe watch it with someone that you're comfortable with, like you've known for a while, or a significant other that you guys both are getting into this experience together. Because it's yeah. If you're having a bad day or a bad mood or you're going through a spot, don't. Probably don't watch this. And don't watch it with your parents or your siblings. <laughs> don't watch it with anyone... That you're related to. you're related to or that is under at least 14. Yeah. In my opinion. I mean, I don't know. A lot of 14-year-olds are assholes nowadays. Yeah. So maybe, maybe watch it with them. You know, scare them straight. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, Oculus. Yeah, that's all about all I have to say about it at this time. Um, we'll, we'll probably talk some more about it in a future episode. Um, but yeah, so we're about to watch popcorn, so we're going to cut in here. Um, and so the next time you're here from us will be after we watch the film right now. I'm stoked to bust out the, the VCR and the, the VHS. I was just, I was just, the reason I picked this film is I was just dying to get, um, just dying to watch some more VHS because I've been slowly watching them here and there with, uh, my illustrious wife. So when I was doing this, I was like, all right, we got to watch a VHS. So... So I, I could look through my VHS and see what I have that's underrated for for a future episode, but let's get to popcorn. I'm yeah, for it. popcorn. So we'll be right back. So all right, that was a uh, that was popcorn, man. Uh, it was uh, it was good. It was good. Uh, we just kind of talked about this because I you know I don't know how to do this uh, all this podcasting yeah. stuff, but. Uh, so so back up a little bit. Um, so I first saw this with Jared. I want to say like three or four years ago. Wait, did we did we mention that before the film? I don't know. We might have. E- either way. Either yeah, honestly, yeah. guys, you know, 
let's yeah. just keep going. Yeah, so I watched it a few years ago, um, but you told me uh, before we started watching it just now um, how your sort of introduction to it was, maybe. Um, what What's it, this website you're talking it's about? It's hard, you know... Okay, he's gonna back. he's gonna this, date himself a little this bit. This is this is you know two thousand <clears throat> two thousand eight to probably two thousand ten eleven twelve. Uh, well, there used to be a website, and I actually explained to buddy this in the car, and that's where I was having flashbacks. So I was watching this that I that I'm pretty sure that's what I watched it on and fell asleep. Uh, there used to be a website called FearNet. I'm probably sure some of your listeners have been on it. Uh, used to be a, a horror movie news site. As I mentioned to you, I think you know Lionsgate had bought into it, and other people bought into it. It became a network at one point, but back when it was just a website, they used to have a handful of films every week or every two weeks that would be free that you could stream on there. And I'm pretty sure Popcorn. I'm pretty sure I watched it on there. Buddy's actually looking it up as we speak. So right now. yeah, the website or whatever, like the video on demand website. Started in 2006. There we go. And then it became an actual channel in 2010. Okay. Um, but it closed at 2014. It Rip. Yeah. It got rid of the website, too. So many good articles. So many yeah. good links. Just gone forever. But yeah. Um, but, yeah, I'm pretty sure I saw it on there. I mentioned it when we were, we, you know, getting that excellent pizza. Thank you, by the way. Uh, <laughs> you know, we got to do these podcasts, got to make sure we're hydrated and well-fed. So, yeah. uh, we were talking about Fearnet and some other sites. Really dating me, though. I was talking yeah. about bringing up some old shit. Some, yeah. some God, some of that stuff's 13, 14 years ago now, as we just yeah. talked about. It doesn't seem like that long. But uh, that was my introduction. And a lot of articles. I talked about you. Like, I've, I've read a lot of articles about popcorn on, like, Fangoria, Rue Morgue, um... It's definitely, as we talked about, you said this came out in... 91. 91. I, for some reason, thought it came out in 90. It was probably, probably shot, shot in, in eight, like 89. 89. Yeah. We're just... We're, 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 don't quote us here. We're kind of taking... We're yeah. you know, a little, little leisure with this, but just yeah. assuming. I told you as we were watching, and I go, God, this, doesn't, this looks like it was shot in like 87. Like yeah. It didn't look late. Even, even some of the films started to have some like weird early 90s culture in it like 89 so it was like a borderline where you could tell things were starting to change a little bit yeah uh but this looks like mid 80s like right, beginning yeah. of the end of mid you know the mid 80s or whatever uh never would have thought this was released at least on video in 91 right um but yeah so yeah as we said we just rewatched it if you did not watch it with us during the break um, I guess we should just go over, like, the plot a little bit. Yeah, we should do that. Um, so basically what this film is about, um, at the beginning we're introduced to a bunch of, like, film students. Um, some pretentious film students, uh, might I add. very pretentious. I think, what did he say about, like, Inger Birdman's, like, he work said, was trash or something? He said, uh, what did he say? What was the quote? Someone, oh, Police Academy 5's... <laughs> cinematography is better than uh bergman's entire filmography or some just insane absolutely <laughs> nuts line and on a side note there's not five police academies are there i don't know i don't think so i thought they were just pulling that i laughed because they were pulling it way out of their ass uh that they figured by the time this came out they would be working on the fifth one or something there who knows i don't know 
I let Buddy look up everything because Bu- Buddy's on there right away. He's like, here, let me give you that real Police Academy that. 5. That was a real thing from 88. Oh. So if they shot this, so they had they to at least. shoot this in 89 then. Yeah. They probably shot this in 89. That really, there we go. We lasered yes. that yeah. in. Yeah. Uh, all right. We lasered that one in. Uh, so, so yeah, it's these film students and basically like the professor of the school or whatever, or one of their teachers or whatever, like they're setting up basically like a retro movie night, like essentially at like this local theater that closed down. Um, and it's not like modern cinema for them. This is like William Castle type shit. Like it's the kind of movies where like, it's like the spook show basically. So like you go in and like with the William Castle films or whatever, like house on haunted hill and stuff like that like you're in the theater and it's basically like a fun house like he has like skeletons like going across the ceiling like buzzers in the seats and all that kind of stuff when it was an attraction it wasn't just going to watch what was ever on the screen it was almost like an interactive attraction yeah in a sense right it was like immersive like the complete like 4d experience like there were actors like in the audience who would like reenact scenes have you ever been to like anything like remotely similar to that at all because like i don't because like i've been to like disney world and stuff and like they have like some shows where like you're watching it and like it's like based on a bug's life or whatever and like they have like effects that make like look like cockroaches are like crawling all over you and like stuff like that and feel like i went to one at universal when i was in california they had i'm sure they've got stuff there they had one i don't know what it was most thing i remember at universal was taking the back the, the backlot back tour, tour yeah. and then it ended on the King Kong ride. But let me tell you, if you ever want to experience whiplash, oh yeah, when Kong's King, slashing King, around, yeah. yeah, and I had a, and they let you take drinks on the ride, drinks and food. Pretty sure I spilled a whole tall boy over like a five year old kid. So they were really? bathed in beer. Oh, you weren't an adult when this occurred, huh? I was yeah. an adult. Yeah, that's I, what I'm saying. Yeah, I, yeah. This was like five years ago. Oh, really? Yeah. And they let you. I walked from from Moe's Tavern, the Simpson thing, oh, yeah. right in there. Grabbed a tall boy at the stand, right in the edge on the way by. Walked in line, looked at all the movie posters. I was geeking out and all about last. So I was super excited to be on the back lot. Yeah. But I didn't know it ended on the on confrontation. Yeah. We'll, FYI, we'll probably uh, we'll probably we got a little little loose little yeah. loose. They used to say getting loose with the boys. They used to have a friend that used to say that. I got a little loose during uh, this film. So we might go. I might get off on some tangents tonight. I've been pretty tame on the last couple uh, podcasts. But yeah. uh, not the two nerds one, though. That's right, yeah. One. But anyways. <laughs> yeah. But uh, So, yeah, they're making – they're recreating the spook show basically – um, and, like, the twist on it – oh, go ahead. Remember, you have before you to get say. too far – it starts off though, and it has the main the main woman. I, I can't remember her name. I remember every, there was Tina's and, and oh, the actress's the, name. It was like it was like Mag. Oh, it was like Maggie or something. Okay, she is having all these crazy dreams. She that's is. how yes. the crazy dreams that seem very real and vivid to her, uh, and she's actually trying to write a script or parts to a script or you know whatever based on these dreams. So you see her waking up and like taking notes like immediately of like whatever's in her dream. Right. Which I used to do by the way cuz I was like oh I oh, got to yeah? do yeah I used to like pull out my phone like I was like oh that's a fucked up dream I got to remember that. That's honestly but, that that's the best that's the best way to do it. especially if you have really like I'm yeah liking this shit. I am yeah. in sci-fi's I've had some wild yeah. dreams. So she's having like these crazy dreams and then she named the character in her dream Sarah. 
And then, like, her, well, in her script, I mean, uh, she named it Sarah. And, like, her mom is like, well, why would you name her that? Like, what the fuck are you talking about? But, like, we don't know what it means. Um, and then, yeah, she's going to school. They're setting this uh, film festival together. And, like, they're previewing some of the films. And one of the films is exactly like her dream. Well, they come across it, that old guy's trunk. They're looking at all yeah. the film. They're looking at all the, the props. There's this amazing guy who's only in there for one scene. Just yeah, he's just at the beginning because he like the owns best fucking props. Because he owns the the cinema or whatever. One of them is like the the guy who owned it or yeah. It's definitely if you guys didn't watch it on the break, it's definitely an homage and ode to practical effects, a bygone time. Yeah, obviously, the, whoever wrote and directed this really liked probably fifties cinema, right? Sixties cinema, basically like things that even if you think about when this came out. Kids that were, you know, you'd have to be in your 30s probably when this came know. out to really experience some of that, maybe at a young yeah. age or something like that. Because yeah. by the time the 70s and, in you know, 80s roll around, 70s, that stuff a lot was of stuff, all gone. Yeah. A lot of stuff was, the 70s, a lot of stuff at the drive in. And then, you know, summer blockbusters started taking up, yeah. not in the form that they are nowadays. They were right. still sending stuff city to city and things like yeah. that, but it definitely wasn't this immersive. Right, it wasn't smell a vision and every yeah, other stuff thing like that. Like That's that. Ve- yeah. it's very much a fifties thing. <clears throat> um, so yeah, I mean it. Um, the the film they end up watching is just like her dreams, and she's like, "Oh, what's this?" And then you get a little backstory on it, and it turns out that this was like a local film that some guy made called Possessor. Um, he had, and, his, he had his video cult, his film cult. Yeah, he was like yeah. a filmmaker. I guess like they would show his films, and he got made fun of all the time. And so he got real pissed off. And then like basically, this was supposed to be like his grand finale, where like the final scene of the film at the premiere is him like murdering his family, like in front of everyone and filming it or whatever. Um, and that's I think that's why the theater closed down, maybe because I'm pretty sure it I was couldn't that, tell if that was the same theater or not. Well, no, it couldn't have been because the other theater caught fire. Oh, it fire. burned down. Yeah, yeah, it burned yeah, down. It so, yeah, it, could, yeah, it couldn't have been the same could theater. Have caught, it fire, yeah. But um, regardless, so then, yeah, um, I don't know how deep we want to get into on specific plot points if you we're haven't getting, seen it. We're getting, yeah, we're but that's a good like setup. So like, um, she's seen this film before, parts of it, and you're sort of like piecing together like the mystery of like, is she having visions of this or what's going on? So basically, when when they get to the film festival, because the film festival takes place, things start to go a little haywire. But it's all very behind the scenes, right? The audience has no idea what's going on, so and that's then, that's pretty much as much as I'm gonna give on. Yeah, yeah, but so yeah, and I mean, like, I mean, it's. I don't know if you'd call it a slasher film, but I mean, there's like a body count or whatever. But. There definitely is a body count. Lots of one-liners every time, yeah. either right before someone gets killed or right after someone gets killed. Like the the killer's kind of talking to the next yeah. character and throws a little, yeah, whatever. Oh, I had some gas or whatever, yeah. or like things <laughs> like that. So they, the dialogue was very entertaining. There was some very blunt dialogue a lot of the men trying to get women in this did hilarious things you know i definitely was writing notes the entire (laughs) time of how just to you know how to pick up chicks it's definitely if you're this is why i wanted to watch this for you i know you've been having some difficulties oh wow taking digs (laughs) jeez cat all right all right all right well we're gonna we're gonna 
skip over that. <laughs> Unless anyone, you know, if there's anyone out there that's listening to this, even those lovely women in what uh, Ireland that listen in Dublin or that's on Dylan's show. But yeah, I have a couple in like that's Norway a, and, the, oh, and Norway. Ireland. Right. Yeah, well, I'm blonde hair, blue eyes. You know, the yeah. hair's growing out. Uh, I can cook and clean. <laughs> Uh, you know, if you'd like to like to just message Buddy, I can. Uh, yeah, we'll set my, it up. Yeah, throw my IG information out there for you. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I thought the film was a lot of fun. I mean, I don't know if I enjoyed it as much as I did the first time I watched it. Um, but I think it's just because when I'm at Jared's house, like we're usually wa- watching like the worst shit imaginable. <laughs> so just like by chance, you happen to pick a VHS from his collection and it's something like halfway decent. It's like the best thing of all time. Um, Cause I mean, we're watching stuff like crystal force and like all this, like <laughs> this terrible, terrible stuff. Usually but. we only watch action stuff when I go over there. I almost never get him to watch a horror film. Yeah. Well, I think cause he normally when I go over there, we'll watch like an Arnold movie or something or like some other like Kung Fu whatever like with Batista in it <laughs> now but um I think we watched this during his it 31, was in October so I think he was reviewing yeah. it on the sh- well he was looking for a film to review on the show and like the part of the reason I wanted to watch it because like I had seen this box art for years and I was like always like okay well this film looks looks good like I've always wanted to watch it, but then I never did. So, like, when he pulled it out as one of the options, I was like, all right, we have to watch this one. I'm not watching whatever the hell else you picked. So, and yeah, I remember he liked it, too, and he was, like, blown away by it because, again, he was watching the worst shit ever. So, but yeah, I I thought it was good. I thought it was good this time, too. Um, I thought, I really, I liked it. Like I said, it was kind of owed to basically, like, everything that I kind of like. I mean... It, it really hit, just hit across the board. The characters were all, at first they're very pretentious, as you mentioned, but they become very likable. Like the minimal amount of time we spend with each of the characters. Because the characters do come in and out of frame like very and quickly. And there's a lot of kids like in the group. And like, about, like, like, ten, like, I think there's like, yeah. what, ten? And honestly, the only one that really is a main is the main... Uh, the main couple. Maggie like, or whatever. And even even that guy at first... The character that the main guy, his name's Mark. Didn't they give him like Mark or something? Something like yeah, this is a basic, basic name. But him at first is not who he really seems to be, especially once the film gets on about halfway. He definitely comes off first. I'm like, oh yeah, here comes the fucking typical 80s uh, cut off tank top meathead bro. Yeah. And then he kind of has, you know, his character, he kind of has a little bit of a soft side and becomes kind of like a, a good guy throughout it. I kind of like that, that he just wasn't kind of broke that mold, but all the other kids are in and out so quickly. The most time you spend with them is basically when they're about to die. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's where you get the most sense of who they are. Uh, the killer is really well fleshed out. Yeah. Uh, you know, we won't spoil too much. Like we said, but the killer's fleshed out. He really gave it all to his performance. Yeah. Ton of special effects, practical effects in this. I mean, ton of prosthetics. Uh, I think I would have liked to seen the kills, even though they were inventive. I think I would have liked to seen, but maybe that's just me. Like a like one or two, a little more close up. Like not necessarily gory, but maybe something a little more out of the box. Yeah. Just because they spent so much time doing all these facial prosthetics and right. They had a lot. I mean, there was a lot of stuff going on. I mean, they built that big ass mosquito, which I know we think is yeah. 
funny, but like it actually takes a ton of time oh, to yeah. build something of that size, and it actually didn't look that bad. Like, it looked very yeah. similar. What they well, obviously they did the film, so they you right know, the that, fake film. That's that something also... I was that's something I was going to talk about. So like. We're not only getting this, but, like, we're actually, like, seeing the films, like, within the film. So, like, there's one about, like, a giant mosquito. Um, There's one called, like, The Stench. Uh, And there's, like, a couple more. And, like, that's how the kills are happening, basically, because, like... Almost, like, mimicking them. Yeah, because, like, as we said, like, in the William Castle films, like, a skeleton would come down on the ceiling. So, in this, it's the film Mosquito, and, like, it's a big mosquito or whatever that's yeah, like coming it was down huge. like it was, you know probably in real life the thing was probably like four or five foot tall and about yeah. six to eight foot long i mean yeah. they, they built a real ass yeah. they, had, they had a rig they actually yeah. you know they they didn't skimp on any of this yeah so and i don't know part of what makes me like the film i guess is what we were just talking about like the films within a film because that's something i've always wanted to do because like i'm a big fan of like the universal stuff and like 50s stuff and like 80s stuff like i'm into like all kinds of things but like if i'm making a film today like there's not that much of an audience for like a 30s era type movie and like that's something i like always wanted to like do was like make like a film like in the style of like a universal monster movie or whatever but like there's no audience for it today but like if you're making a film and then in that film there's like a fake movie you can like get away with it you know what i mean we're going to take a pause real quick, and we're going to cheers real quick to our sponsors, Iron City Beer. Oh, yeah. We're going to do the bottom cheers. You know, COVID, yeah. guys, COVID. Yeah. Social distance your fucking beer, even. Yeah. But, yeah, I've always wanted to make, like, a fake movie or, like, a fake trailer or something like that. So, like, I don't know. I'm envious of this film, I guess. It, it, you know, I really think that the last probably third of it, when the killer really got going... More sh- more so when he was in the forefront and his acting, you know, he's really like he was yeah. really into the role. Honestly, the prosthetics they gave to him were phenomenal, and even some of the dialogue it's really hilarious with some of the cuts they do and stuff. It's just, oh yeah, like when he tells her his plan and she's like, "Oh, that makes complete sense." Like the sarcasm <laughs> yeah. was like dripping off the screen. I almost just burst into tears i but it was so on point that i just kind of was like huh like i kind of i don't know but the ending was was so 80s they don't make endings like that anymore not yeah. off, not often they definitely stopped making endings like that in the 90s i think it came back more once a bunch of these uh modern filmmakers that uh grew up on 80s stuff came back but very abrupt ending. Oh yeah, very super yeah. abrupt. We won't spoil it. I mean, it's nothing to write home about, but it gave gave us a good chuckle. Yeah. Um. But overall, just a really fun, you know, probably one of those last like shebangs of uh, the eighties cinema that bled into the nineties. You know, yeah. I mean, that wasn't a sequel to something from the eighties. Right. It was an original. Yeah. Thing. It was actually an original and. And did not have a sequel as well. It's kind of its own entity, yeah. you know? And we were also talking about how, like, we were talking, like, during the film and stuff, how, like, this is something that, like, you wouldn't necessarily see today because, like, there's so many people that show up to, like, this horror movie, like, festival or whatever, yeah. like, in all these costumes and everything. And it's just, like, it's such, like, a product of its time. Like, it's great. Very much um, a product of its time, I agree. Um, yeah, like, I, I said, like, I feel like today you could get away with it because Halloween's, like, coming back. 
and but like I don't think people would go that all out and buy into it the way that they do. No, in the they film. were there was some and honestly like the quality of a lot of the masks and stuff and there were people that had second bodies on their yeah. bodies and big insect heads for a second. I mean, probably doing the special effects and getting this like costumed and propped and everything making this film was probably an absolute blast. Oh yeah, I mean, and that's a, like the film looks like it was a ton of fun to make, um, and that's part of what like makes it so enjoyable because it just looks like <laughs> everyone like was having a good time. Yeah. Looks like a labor of love. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of anything else like weird to say about it that like isn't a spoiler. Um, I I will say it's nice to watch something because we've watched stuff now. This is our fourth film in this series. We'll call it. And we've done stuff from, we did one from the 2010s, which was two, Oculus. Two from the 2010s, because we did... Oh, shit, yeah. We did Inkeepers. Inkeepers was 2011. For some reason, I keep thinking that. Yeah, and then that. we did one that was like mid-2000s with Undead. Right. Um, and then this that was... That was actually was, early 2000s. That was 2003. Yeah, like, oh, yeah 03. Yeah. We keep forgetting that 03 is 17 years ago. That's insane. I, I want to die right I now. I think about that. It makes me want to <laughs> die a little bit. I agree. Yeah, and then this was in... 91 or whatever like before i was even born so you were a toddler i was i was alive i was actually yeah. alive i was a small child yeah um one thing i want to mention because i don't know if anyone on the internet has mentioned this. i don't know how many reviews of this actually exist online but the mom's like note to the daughter that was like oh tomorrow's the big day see you soon but then at the bottom like a mom would normally put like xoxo yeah it said triple x it just on, was triple so x, mom has some, like some porno stuff going uh, on or i don't I, I, mean, I don't know what that's all about. i mentioned right away like we were watching i was like is that d wallace yeah and <laughs> you d. knew wallace, who it was immediately I mean, yeah i mean it she was a pretty big deal in the 80s she's been in some of rob zombies modern stuff actually oh, really? yeah she looks almost the same oh she's aged very well yeah um but she was a big deal I obviously added some and yeah the guy that played the the old man that's what i thought ray ray walston well, i forget what he's in but he's been in a ton of stuff that's that's gonna make me look bad i mean you can leave that in there for the podcast but uh good thing i'm on the imdb right now seriously. so he was in like fast times at ridgemont high he was in popeye oh okay um 155 films yeah, total. He's done, yeah, he's I, done a I, lot yeah, of stuff. Yeah, he's done quite a bit of stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I guess some other talking points. Um, how about the music in this? <laughs> if you guys didn't watch the entire end credits, shame on you. Because honestly, that first... I feel like they watched the late night... I feel like this is very... This dates itself almost if you listen to the credits perfectly because hip-hop was just starting to come into like super mainstream and all of a sudden like white america was trying to gimmick off of it and all of a sudden you got all sorts of bad hilarious (laughs) hip-hop at the end of films nightmare on elm street tried to do stuff like that right yeah yeah a couple of them yeah yeah and then a ton of stuff was putting in like hilarious generic hip-hop on stuff right after this would have been Vanilla Ice doing the yeah the Teenage Mutant Ninja, Ninja Turtles, Turtles rap. rap. Yeah. I mean, uh, God, but yeah, the it, it was the killer kind of talking over 
rapping parts. He was like, yeah, he was like, oh, we go one of the scary movies, or yeah, like, like the rap like, was about scary movies, yeah, yeah. But it, but he was so raspy in a couple parts. It was yeah. just like it sounded like he was eating lit <laughs> cigarettes and trying to rap over it. But he kept. It was great because he kept falling off rhythm a little bit. Like the yeah. words weren't flowing perfectly with the beat. He just kept. It was a limited, but they had up. they had to get it in one take. They had to get, so. I really hope that was a one take. <laughs> that would have been phenomenal. Yeah. Um, but the rest of the music in the film, besides that one song, I don't know if you noticed this, but it was all reggae. The it, entire was rest lot, of, it was a lot of reggae. Yeah, you're right. And, and they the, had that reggae band in the middle of it. Yeah. And the reason why, and you had asked me this um, during the film, because we saw like some weird spellings of like a couple words, and you were like, Oh, is this like French Canadian? Like, where did they like make this? Because like they spelled like the word preview weird. This is from Jamaica. Is it really this film? Yeah, Holy I don't know if shit. I don't know if it was if everything was produced. In, I know it was shot in Jamaica, and they must have just got like a deal on the bands or something. But I think it was like an American production shot in Jamaica or something wow. like that. But yeah, all the music's reggae, and I don't know. It just adds to the adds to the mood, I guess. Adds to like the weird. It's almost like an oddity, like an odd... How many films are really shot in Jamaica? I mean, I don't of, know. I mean, especially back then. Nowadays, yeah, Fast and Furious will go shoot half a film in Jamaica or do something like that. But to yeah. take like a probably medium budget... This probably had a somewhat decent budget for the time, I mean, for a horror yeah. film. But like medium budget film, be like, okay, let's bring everything down to Jamaica. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah, that's, that's insane. Yeah. I don't know. Another crazy fact... Um, that I saw when I was just on the IMDb right now. Um, after three weeks of shooting, the main actress was replaced with the girl we have now. It was a different actress, so they had to like reshoot shit. The whole thing. All the stuff with her in it, yeah. Oh wow! But like, luckily, like I guess, like they were able to get by with like B-roll footage and stuff. Where like it's not like the whole group together to like fill in like her missing spots. Um, Did they say why? It does not say why. It just says after three weeks of shooting, Amy O'Neill was replaced with Jill uh, Schrolin or however you say it. And then it says most cases it was quick reshoots because it was just like cut-ins and stuff. Hmm. It doesn't say why. She must have really messed up. To yeah, she must have got kicked out of Jamaica or something. Something. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. I mean, yeah, it was a... I thought it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. It was a good, uh, now is where, you know, as, as we, we've joked on some of these, we're not actually, you know, we're in, we're in the fall, so yeah. uh, it's very, very fitting for, uh, getting yeah. me excited for the seasons. Yeah, know? and as another thing you mentioned during it, um, it makes me miss working at a movie theater a little bit watching this. I said everyone, we've both worked at, at movie theaters, uh, I think it's just an, everyone should work in a movie theater for like a year and just have it as an experience. I don't know. I worked in an independent theater, so my experience was, uh, I mean, yours, were, us being from Ashtabula, yeah. essentially. I mean, it's a small town theater. I mean, even though mine was like a corporation one, but like it was still like, yeah, that's what, it was like small that's and what all that. Said. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, but like we probably had really cool experiences where maybe nowadays it might these not 20, be. these 20 yeah. theater things probably not the same because we i got away with a lot of stuff yeah and there were a lot of we saw some films early and there was yeah quite a quite a few things that happened at that <laughs> movie theater back in the day that i don't know if kids were getting you now but it was a perfect job when i was like 18 years old oh yeah i loved working at the theater and stuff uh 
the popper never exploded while I was there. Um, but yeah, it was a good time when I worked there. And I worked at a family video, too, so, like, that was also a fun experience. Like, I always wanted to work. Yeah, we, I told the family video story, but no one ever tried to work at family video. We'll just... Yeah. That'll be that's my final note on this popcorn. I loved it. No one ever tried to work at a family video. Uh, well, I think most of them are closed now anyway. I think so. they're starting to go, yeah. But it was nice to watch something old school. Yeah, it was fun. Um so yeah, so uh I have nothing else to say. Go check it out. Um it's free on YouTube um for right now. Who knows, maybe this podcast will bring some attention to it and it'll get taken down. But for at the moment it is free on YouTube, but of course you can get it on VHS, and I think they have like a limited. I think they um, have Blu-ray right now. Yeah. Yeah. So. I'm not sure if Shout Factory did it or if it was limited to like one of those other companies, like Scorpion releasing. Or yeah, something but did something. Yeah, but it's out there, so you, everyone can go see it in some way. Um, but well, yeah. Next, uh, the next one I'm on, I'm not sure when, if it's going to be your next week podcast or that, uh, Buddy doesn't even know what we're watching first. It's gonna, I don't know. It's going to be a surprise. Uh, are we leaving it a surprise right now? Or we're we... leaving it a surprise All right, right now. so we're, we're, we're going to keep the audience on a... I'm going to, I'm going to, it's, it's not, it's probably not, it's not going to be overwhelming for the audience. It's not going to be like, oh my God, you know, it's, but it's going to be something fun. We're going to watch something real fun and short, uh, yeah. and get us in the mood because... The second film I picked is The Sacrament, uh, which will be on that next one I'm on. And I was like, well, do I do the, do I do the mystery film first or do I do it second? And I go, well, let's have a little fun first because The Sacrament's not <laughs> It's a great film, but there's a, not, a whole lot of, not a whole lot of fun in it. It's a, little, yeah. it's a little bit too real, but I haven't seen that in a while. Uh we did the innkeepers which was another ty west film sacraments another one of his um i was just fortunate enough the other day to actually get house of the devil on blu-ray new oh yeah i was actually looking through something i got that um i actually have that on vhs too they did a short run of that in VHS, oh really oh that would have been crazy yeah, yeah. I, I have that as well i didn't i forgot as i bought the blu-ray i'm like oh i now own this on two formats yeah but uh, as people in this podcast are maybe probably starting to lean in, I'm a pretty big uh, Ty West fan. All of his stuff, uh, yeah. including his stuff on like the VHS, like anthology, right. you know, stuff like that. But uh, yeah, so I think the next podcast is gonna be fun. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, thanks for uh, sticking with us. If you guys have seen Popcorn or Oculus, um, let us know down in the comments below. Let us know what you guys think about the film. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. The links are in the description and all that. Uh, Instagram is Miles's place to be, so Miles Aak on on Instagram. Only uh, if you're those chicks from Norway, though. Yeah, only if you're a Norwegian chick. Or if you just want to talk about all the films you watched on Fearnet too when it was up. I mean, if you want to geek out about you know like 2008 to 2012, I'm all for that too. Yeah. All right, so that's about it for this time. We'll we'll catch you with another episode, and yeah, it's a mystery. I don't know what we're watching, so we let's, will. Uh, let's see what happens next week. Thank you again, guys. Midnight Miles is out. Yep, we'll see you guys in the next one. We're out.